Joshua chapter 5 and beginning with verse number 10. All right, Joshua chapter 5, verse number 10. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread, parched grain on the very same day. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. And the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the fruit of the land or the food of the land of Canaan that year. Look at verse 12. Then the manna ceased on the day after that they had eaten the produce of the land and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land, food of the land of Canaan that year. Just for a few moments, I want to preach on the thought, when God stopped the manna. When God stopped the manna. Say that with me. When God stopped the manna. Lord, add your blessing to the preaching of the word. We, add, we ask you, Lord, to open our ears and hearts that we would receive from you. And I pray, Lord, that everything that's said, everything that's done today, Lord, will always bring you the glory. And everyone shouted a great big amen when God stopped the manna. If you look at the book of Joshua in particular, there's one thing that you will see about God that is found actually throughout the Old Testament, but especially it's found in the book of Joshua, and that is this. It is the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. The children of Israel lived in a cycle, and that cycle was something like this. They would serve God for a little bit, they would worship Him, and then they would fall into sin. Then they would worship other gods. Then God would send a prophet or a judge to preach to them, and then they would repent. And then they would serve God again, and they would worship God. And then they would go back and worship idols. And this constant cycle is found throughout the Old Testament. It kind of reminds me of people today. They serve God a little bit, go to church and faithful, then they drop out. Then they come back and serve God a little bit, and then they drop out. In spite of all of that in the Old Testament, I assure you that God was always faithful to them, even when they wasn't faithful to God. Now that would make you shout right there. Even in their cycles of unfaithfulness, God was always faithful to them. God never let them down. Even in their sin, God never let them down. You see, I believe that the book of Joshua is not just a story of God's faithfulness, but it is also a story of preparation. Because the people of God here, the Jews, the Hebrew people, the Israelites, they wasn't really prepared to go into the promised land. They wandered for 40 years in the wilderness, and God gave a word that that land belongs to you. But I'm a firm believer that the problem with the people of God is that they wasn't ready for it. They wasn't prepared for what God had for them. God was faithful to them. God blessed them in spite of their predicaments that they got themselves into. But in the end, these people were not prepared for what God wanted to do in and through their life. 
And one of the things that you see in the book of Joshua is that God, one of the things he did in his faithfulness is he rained manna down from heaven. And the Bible says for 40 years, God rained manna down from heaven. And while the children of Israel was in the wilderness, the children of Israel would go out every morning and they would pick up the manna and they would store it for that day only. They couldn't keep it for the next day or store it up for the week. They only had enough for that day. And every day God showed his faithfulness to his people by giving them manna. Now isn't that interesting? When they complained and said they wanted to go back to Egypt, God still blessed them with manna. When they served other gods, he still blessed them with manna. God was always faithful to make sure that he provided for them and he provided manna for them. You know what manna represents? Manna represents our daily bread. That God just doesn't do the miraculous. He just doesn't part the Red Sea and drown Pharaoh in the waters of the Red Sea. God is a God of every day. God is a God of daily bread. God is just not the God of the miraculous, of parting the Red Sea for the children of Israel. God is the God of daily bread. I take care of you every day. And what we fail to realize is we're waiting for the miraculous when God is saying, your job is manna. Your family is manna. The clothes you have on your back is manna. I have provided for you every day of your life. You're looking for the miraculous. You're looking for God to part the Red Sea and kill the Egyptians in the Red Sea. And you're, you're the God that's waiting for him to rain down fire on your enemies. God is saying, listen, you failed to realize something, that I am the God of daily bread. I take care of you every day. I give you manna every day. Even when you're not faithful to me, I still take care of you every day. Is there anybody in the building that can wave your hand and testify that God has always taken care of you even when you haven't been faithful to God? How many can shout manna out this morning and say God supplies manna even when I'm unfaithful? You know what the word manna means? The word manna means this. What is it? It's not a name. Manna is a question. What is it? So in other words, when God rained manna down from heaven, the very first thing the children of Israel did when they went and picked it off of the ground, the, the, instant, the, the, the very first thing they said was, what is this? And they put it in their mouth, and it was sweet. It was like, it was like bread. They didn't know the name of it. They just woke up one morning, God rained this manna down from heaven, they didn't even have a name for it. They called it manna because they didn't know what it was, but they did know it was good. And they did know it was from God. You see, don't lose me. God provided manna in the middle of their uncertainty. They're in the wilderness. And God provided manna for them. When you are uncertain how the Lord's going to provide for you, and all of a sudden he shows up for you, sometimes you got to step back and just say, manna. When God shows up for you and you don't even know how he showed up or even why he showed up, 
because you feel undeserving, sometimes you've got to scratch your head and say, God, I thank God for manna. When he made a way out of no way, that's manna. When he gave you a job and you didn't even fill out an application, you've got to scratch your head and say, that's manna. I don't know what it is, but I thank God for it. When the check can show up in the mailbox and you didn't even know they owed you money, sometimes you got to wave your hand and say, God, thank you for manna. In the midst of worrying, in the midst of wondering, God was providing them manna, and they were scratching their head thinking, what is this? What is it? God's saying, you don't need to know the name of it. Just know that I'm providing for you every day. Sometimes God does things in our life that we don't even have words to explain. Sometimes it leaves us speechless. Sometimes you think, I didn't even deserve that. And God is saying, it's not about whether you deserve it. It's about my character. And my character is faithful. And my character is loyal. And my character is filled with love. That is my nature. And I'm going to bless you in spite of what you've done. Hallelujah. So, so listen, they've been eating manna for 40 years. And right before, right before they cross over to the promised land. So they're getting ready to go from, they left Egypt. Now they were in wilderness for 40 years and they're eating manna. Right before they left the wilderness to go into the promised land, I just read the scripture to you that God stopped the manna. Is that right? Joshua chapter 5 verse 12. Joshua 5 verse 12. And then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. What land? Canaan. So right before they went into the promised land, God stopped the manna. Now, why did God stop the manna? They're getting ready to go to a new location, right? They're getting ready to go into a new territory, a new region. And God says, I'm going to stop the manna right here because when you go into the new territory, you're not going to eat this manna any longer. But I've got to ask the question, why would God stop the manna? Now listen, I don't think that God stopped the manna because of punishment. I think that God stopped the manna out of preparation. It wasn't punishment, it was simply preparation. You see, God was saying, in order for you to go where I want you to go, i got to teach you something, and i got to stop the manna before you go into this new territory. You know what God is saying to us? Before I take you from plan B to plan C or plan B to plan A, I'm going to dry some things up in your life. I'm going to stop some things in your life because where you are going is going to demand new faith and a new level of believe in me and you can't rely on what I did in the past. You hear me? So they're getting ready to go to the Canaan land and he stops and dries up the manna. Now, why did he do it? I'm going to propose three answers to you. Number one, he dries up the manna because... He wants to put a new desire in their mouth. Now hold on here. He wants to put a what in their mouth? A new desire in their mouth. 
In other words, God is saying, I want you to want something different than you've ever had. In other words, I want you to change your diet. Now, I don't know about you, but changing your diet is one of the hardest things to do. Am I right? I mean, the new year is approaching, and the gym is going to be packed out because everybody's going to have a resolution to lose weight. Come on, speak to me. But you all know that don't last. It doesn't. It's a good gesture, you know. Come on, somebody. I just looked at my account the other day. 24 Fitness is still taking $24. <laughs> See, that's how they get you roped in. And I hear amen. I'm looking there. I said, well, I haven't been there in probably 30 days, but they're still taking the money. So that's another story. But let's go on. So they put a new desire. He said, I want to put a new desire in your mouth. In other words, I want to change what you eat. You see, your diet is linked to your desire. And your diet is an expression of what you hunger for. The reason that he has to change their diet is because God wants to change their heart. Now don't lose me. Please don't lose me. Because if you lose me, you're, you're not going to flow with me. I'm going to change your diet. I'm going to stop the manna because I've got to change your heart. There is something different that you got to get a hold of here. You've been eating manna for 40 years, and i got to introduce you to something new. Your taste buds have to have something new. You've been eating the same thing for 40 years. In order for you to go to the promised land, I'm going to dry the manna up, and your taste buds is going to have to experience something different. Now, what are you saying, Pastor? Well, walk with me. In Egypt, they loved garlic and onions. Is that right? What did the children of Israel tell Moses? Pastor Moses, you should have left us in Egypt because it was in Egypt that we could eat all the garlic and the onions and the fish we wanted. But now we're out in the wilderness, you know, and we can't eat all that stuff. we got to eat this what is it stuff. At least in Egypt, we could have eaten the garlic and the onions and the fish and all the fried stuff. But now God is saying, God gave them manna to overcome what they were eating in Egypt. And now God is getting ready to bring them into the promised land, and now he's getting ready to change the food again. The food in Egypt was garlic and onions. The food in the wilderness was manna. And the food in Canaan land was fruit. Whew, I felt the anointing there. You know why? Because garlic and onion has a foul odor to it. I can tell how long you've been in Egypt every time you open your mouth up. I wish somebody just helped the preacher preach here. I can tell if you're still in Egypt and Pharaoh is still your master because of the way that you talk. If you're always griping and grumbling and complaining and can't nobody please you and you're negative about everything, you're still in Egypt, baby! Because every time you open your mouth, there's a foul odor coming out of your mouth. You still have garlic and onions on your breath. You're still in Egypt. 
but in the wilderness, they had manna, but they're getting ready to go to the promised land. They're going to have fruit. You see, the fruit is sweet. And the garlic and onion is foul. When you cross over to the territory that God wants you to be, God has a way of breaking your spirit where you are sweet. Boy, I just said a mouthful right there. I just wish somebody on the back row wave your hand and say, preach on, preacher. In the, in the Egypt, it's foul breath, stinks. But in the promised land, it's fruit, it's sweet. I, you know when you've made that spiritual transition, when your heart is broken and there's a sweetness about you. I'm going to say that again. You know that when God has brought you into a new territory, when there is a sweetness about your spirit. I'm not saying you've got to be perfect, but I'm saying that in promised land there's fruit. You see, God was saying the Lord was giving them manna because manna was only temporary to get them ready for the fruit that's in the land. Manna wasn't supposed to last forever. You know what manna was doing? Manna was trying to change their taste buds and get them off of the garlic and the onion so that they could be ready for the food that God has for them in the future. So you know what manna is? Manna to you is blessing. And you know what blessing is? A blessing is to get you prepared for what God has for you in the new territory. Can I hear an amen? So God is saying, I I've given you manna so you can get winged off of the, the garlic and the onions. And you can get ready for the food I have for you in the promised land. You see, let me ask you this question. What do you desire from God after you got what you need from God? I'm going to say that again. What do you desire from God after you got what you need from God? I'm going to say it one more time. What do you desire from God after you got your need from God? In other words... After God has met all your needs, do you desire anything else from God? And that's what happened to the children of Israel. All they was concerned about is feeding themselves. They went out every morning to make sure they had manna. They were all, all they were concerned about is what they had need of. And God was saying, listen, the manna was just an appetizer to wet your taste buds, to let you know that I have more for you than just manna. I have more for you than just manna. So do you desire anything from God after He has met your need? After your bills are paid and your children are saved and your marriage is complete, do you desire anything else from God? Do you desire a deeper hunger, a deeper anointing, a deeper holiness? Is there anything inside of you that desires more from God than just having your needs met? Hallelujah. Can somebody just preach with a preacher a little bit this morning? Can you say amen this morning? So God was saying, I got to put a new desire in your mouth. 
so that you will hunger for the fruit and not hunger for the garlic and the onions. The manna was to change their taste buds and get them ready to eat the fruit and not go back to the garlic and the onions. Your blessing is a manna. And your blessing is designed to push you forward in what God wants you to have. And your blessing is never given to you to take you back to Egypt. The car that you got is a blessing. That's manna. And that car was not designed for you to go and chase women in it and run all the hours of the night in it. That blessing was for you to use it for the kingdom of God and take you to a new level. Can somebody help me out? And the problem is, is that when we get blessed with manna, we go back to Egypt and use it for Egypt. This is some good preaching. Is y'all, y'all hear this? He said, change your taste buds. The blessing I'm giving you is to get you ready to where I'm taking you to. Number two, why did he stop the manna? Because God wanted to put a new demand on their faith. Because you cannot go to a new level with God with the same faith you had. Every new level with God requires a new level of faith. You see, God will not usher you into a place that is greater than what your faith can handle. Let me say that again. God will never usher you into a place if your faith can't handle it. So the new level requires new level of faith. The faith that they had in the wilderness, it will not be the same faith that will sustain them in the promised land. The same food they ate in the wilderness is not the same thing that's going to sustain them in the promised land. The same faith they had in the wilderness is not the same thing they need in the promised land. God was saying, I'm getting ready to shift you. I'm getting ready to put a demand on your faith. And you know what God was saying? God was saying, I want you, I'm stopping the manna, but I want you to eat the produce of the land. Did you see that? The Bible says, verse 11, Joshua 5, verse 11, notice the phrase here, Joshua 5, verse 11. Notice the phrase, the first sentence. And they ate of the produce of the land the day after the Passover. What is produce? It's fruit. They were getting ready to eat the fruit of the land. In other words, the manna stopped, and they're getting ready to eat the fruit. God was saying, I'm getting ready to put a new demand on your faith. Now, stop here. What is fruit? Fruit is seed. So God, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Y'all with me here? I'm trying to contain myself, but I just get really excited over my own sermon here because it ministered to me. Is this all right? God said, I'm stopping the manna. It's drying up. You're getting ready to go to a new dimension. You're getting ready to go to do a new territory, a new region. And now this time, you're not going to eat manna. You're going to eat the fruit of the land. What is fruit? Fruit is a result of seed. In other words, God was saying, the place I'm taking you to is the place where you're going to have to work is a place where you're going to have to plant the seed. It's I'm no longer going to rain manna down from heaven any longer. You're going to have to get up and plant the seed in the ground, and you're going to have to do some work in the season that I'm taking you to. Woo! You see, 
There comes a time in your life where the manna dries up and you're wondering, God, where is the blessing? Where is the blessing, God? And God is saying, I have taken you to a new place in me and this place requires you to trust me and work hard planting the seed in the ground. God was trying to tell them, you're going to have to get to work now. If you want fruit, you're going to have to plant the seed. You're going to have to work where I'm taking you. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, when you grow in God, it doesn't get easy. It gets harder when you grow in God. Don't let anybody tell you it gets easier. It gets harder when you work for God. You know what God was saying? The faith that I require in this land is a faith that you got to work it. And number two, it's a faith that you got to wait for. Because when you plant a seed, you got to wait for that thing to sprout. So faith that works and a faith that waits. God was saying, I'm taking you from the land of bondage. I've delivered you and now you're in the wilderness. I'm drying up the manna, but I'm taking you to a new land. And that new land is going to have sweetness in it. You're going to eat different food. It's going to bring nourishment to your body. But this place I'm taking you is a place you've got to wait on me. It's a place you've got to trust me. It's a place you've got to work. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? You know what the Spirit of the Lord is saying? God has brought us to Galena, and this church is a seed. And this seed is planted in the ground in Galena. And you and I can't just sit around and wait for God to do something. we got to get up, and we got to work. we got to work. I said we got to work. We can't just sit around. we got to get the plow out and work a little bit. It's a new dimension. It's a new level of faith. I'm drying up the blessing. I'm stopping the manna. Because you're not going to go out every day and expect me to do it for you every day. I've done it like that for 40 years. I'm stopping it. Now you've got to work. You've got to plant the seed. And then you can eat from it. Hallelujah. Place I'm taking you is a place that I'm demand. I put a demand on your faith. There are some people they don't have no demands on their faith. They give up on God when they get a headache. They give up on God when somebody talks about them. They give up on God. They leave the church because they're offended. Well, just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. Come on, somebody. So God can't trust. Some of us is going to stay in the same place you've been all your life because you can't handle what God wants to do in your life because you can't handle the demand on your faith. So you just wander around, getting a little blessing here and a blessing there, but there is never real discipleship and growth because there's no demand on your faith. God says you're going to, to the promised land. I'm drying up the manna. Now you're going to eat the fruit, but you've got to plant the seed. You've got to work in this season. You've got to work. Number three, and in closing, let me know that 26 minutes, y'all know I'm just about done here. Is this all right? I'm six minutes over. Lana, forgive me. I don't want to be a line preacher today. <laughs> y'all forgive me. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying this one thing. I'm sitting down. I just come to teach a Bible class. I'm going home, okay? So number three. Number three. 
He said, I'm going to put a new delight in your heart. Now, y'all got to read the Bible. Because this is what the Bible said right here. Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready? Y'all ready for it? Verse 11. Joshua 5, verse 11. And after they ate the produce of the land on the day after the Passover. So, guess what? Before God led him to the new land, before he stopped the manna, before they went over, God said, I want you to celebrate the Passover. Now, what is the Passover? It's the celebration of something that's passed over you. And in the book of Exodus, the death angel passed over them. And they were led out of the land of Egypt into the land of the wilderness. And God dried up the Red Sea and swallowed Pharaoh and his army. Egypt, God's mighty hand at work. The death angel passed over them when he saw the blood. And God said right here, right before I take you to the new land, right before you cross over, right before I stop the manna, I want you to stop and give me thanks for what I did for your mama and what I did for your daddy and what I did for your grandparents. I want you to take a few moments and give me thanks and praise for what I've done for you. Because, listen, these people here, these people here are in the book of Joshua. These are not the same people that saw God dry up the Red Sea. This is not the same people that was living in Egypt. These people were born in the wilderness. In other words, it was their mama that saw God dry up the Red Sea. It was their daddy that took the hyssop and put it over the door place of their house. Woo! It was their cousins that saw God drown Pharaoh in the Red Sea. It was their ancestors. They didn't see this. And God was saying, listen, all of those people, all they did was complain. All those people did was argue. All those people did was stay in the wilderness for 40 years. But I'm raising up a new group of people. I'm raising up a new generation that they're going to learn how to praise me. They're going to learn how to exalt me. They're going to learn how to worship me. Woo! They're going to know how to worship me. In spirit and in truth. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't tell you everything my grandma saw. I can't tell you everything my granddad saw. In old-fashioned Pentecostalism, they used to tell the stories where they would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. They used to tell the stories. They used to bring stretchers in the church and anoint them with oil. And the prayer of faith would raise them up. I hear the stories of my grandmother saying, we used to go to church and pray around the altar for hours. And the power of God would descend upon that little country church. And the Spirit of God would descend. And cloven tongues as a fire would rest upon the building. And we would begin to speak with other tongues. That They would actually experience a jailhouse rocking place. I mean, the Spirit of God would rock that place so much they would go home in the middle of the night. I wasn't there, but I want to let you know that before God takes us to a new place, I want to thank God what He did for my grandma. I want to thank God for what He did for my grandpa. I want to thank God for what He's already done. Woo! Somebody give God praise and glory. Somebody give him praise and glory. Woo! Oh, 
Somebody give him praise and glory today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to thank God for what he did for my ancestors. We forget that the reason you're sitting here today is because somebody paid for this building. Somebody laid the carpet down. Somebody bought those chairs. Somebody, come on somebody. Somebody bought this pulpit. You didn't do it. You didn't pave that lot out there. But you're setting in the blessing of God. And every once in a while, i got to raise my hands and give Him glory for what people has done before I ever got here. Great men and women who had a vision for this place. Great men and women and pastors, laymen and churchmen had a great vision for Galena. They spent their time, money, and effort into this building. But I hear the Holy Ghost tell me that those people who went before me, nothing's ever wasted in the kingdom of God. Every dime they ever spent in this building. Woo! Every prayer they've ever prayed, it didn't go to waste. Because we see a God that sits high, He looks low, and He has seen every deed that's ever been done in His name. And you're sitting here this morning. We're a new generation. We're getting ready to pass on over. Before we pass on over, let us remember what our ancestors have done. Let us remember how God has brought our ancestors through. Because we're getting ready to go on over. Let's remember. Let us be thankful. Let us be gracious for what God has done. I'll tell you, that was the day that the man had dried up. Because God was trying to give him a message. I want to put a new taste in your mouth. I want to put more demand on your faith. And I want you to delight in me, says the Lord. Delight. Number three, I want you to delight in me. I want you to have that Passover. I want you to celebrate what I did for your ancestors. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord.